0: Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this guy back. He's a very good personal friend of mine. He's a guy I've done business with, a full disclosure. It's Doug Adler. Now, Doug, you're Senior Vice President of Investments at, at Raymond James. Is that the right title? Yeah, that's right. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate having you on, man. You and I have been talking a lot about the midterms. I don't want to say this right on my show. You were more right than you were wrong, and I was more wrong than I was right. I think a lot of what, what I put into it was uh, assuming that there'd be a fair playing field, and I'm not so sure that there was, and I don't want to argue with you about that, but you were spot on in what you were saying as an observer about what you thought would happen, and good on you, man. That's, see, that's why I rely on you for money stuff, <laughs> <And> obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, but I appreciate the cut. Co- you, co- you, you wondered if I would say it uh, out loud on my show, and I certainly will because uh, you were more right than I was when it comes to the midterms. Now, I don't want to talk politics with you. We do that off the air plenty. I want to talk money with you because we know that the economy was supposed to be the biggest issue in this election. The price of gas, three times the price of of bacon in, in a year's time, the supply chain issues that we have. Does it make a difference financially, Doug, for my future, for my investments, for my 401k? Who's running the House and the Senate and the executive? Does it matter?
1: in historically it does a a split congress congress and the white house different parties or in this case the house to the republicans and the the senate to the democrats historically that's the best environment for stock market returns and candidly it probably happens again this time because we're coming right now we've we've been in a bear market in 2022 perhaps we've bottomed this sort of looks and acts and feels like that the market um and if that's the case then you have a pretty decent 2023 and you have congress split and it you know worked again
0: we saw what the policies of the biden administration were doing when it came to the stock market when it came to prices when it came to supply chain he's got this this want to spend as much money as he can on what he's calling the climate change uh problem um now that you've got the house that does control the purse strings Does that matter for my future and my investments? Does that matter for um, hyperinflation? I made the prediction that right after election day, the price of gasoline at the pump would start going up again because there there weren't going to be any checks and balances to stop him from taking away the drilling leases and stopping the exploration on where we might have some fossil fuels. He literally was saying, we're going to stop coal. We're going to stop fossil fuels. Does that matter now that the House that controls the funding can stop some of that?
1: Well, <laughs> well, I guess we need to talk politics a little bit.
0: What's little your bit. confidence What's your
1: confidence level that the Republicans would actually do that
0: based on what you've seen over the last two decades? I think my, my confidence level is low because Kevin McCarthy was just uh, nominated to be the speaker. I think if we had somebody who was really more, you know, dead red left or uh, right conservative person that would have, I think I would have felt better about stopping that because they do have control of the purse strings, but Kevin McCarthy seems to be one of those guys who likes to get along. We'll see. So, so is it basically time will tell? Yeah, I think it, I think it's time will tell, you know, this is just my, I'm
1: not speaking for Raymond James. This is just Doug's personal opinion.
0: Sure. Um, but
1: I kind of think on both sides of the aisle, there's not a lot of fiscal discipline. The history bears that out. obviously. Yes. Um, and so I think this country, unfortunately, is going to walk kind of to the de- the edge of the cliff. Uh, and I, who knows when that is? Is that in five years or 10 years or 50 years? Who knows? But you can't spend like we spend for uh, indefinitely because somewhere the, the, the person who's lending you the money says, hey, can you pay me back? And we're not at that point, but perhaps someday we will. And that's when you have trouble.
0: It's Doug Adler, Senior Vice President of uh, Investments at Raymond James and Associates. Uh, you go to DougAdler.com, Doug, and then ADLER.com. Uh, Doug, what's interesting is we hear the number $30 trillion. I, I, I wouldn't even know how to write that down. I probably could figure it out, but that's a whole big, long number. How do you pay down a debt of $30 trillion? Do you? Uh, no, I don't think we'll ever do that,
1: but... Um, but I will say that sometimes uh, I think in politics in particular, the, the debt becomes a, an issue to bludgeon the other side with, Yes. even though both parties are guilty. Right. But the markets uh, as an investor, what you want to be sensitive to is what's the capacity for the U.S. economy to generate enough tax revenue to service the debt. And interest rates, now they're up relative to where they were a year ago, but historically they're still low. And so the capacity for the U.S. to service the debt's been good, and I think that's why the, the markets, the bond market in particular,
0: have let, have let the politicians get away
1: with $30 trillion in debt.
0: See, being the conservative guy that I am, I would rather see government spend less money and pay down the debt with the money they already have coming in. That's really the argument, isn't it, politically? Let's raise taxes, especially those evil rich that aren't paying their fair share, which is stupid. Uh, but let's raise taxes, then we can pay down the debt. When you and I as observers, I think I'm a little older than you are, but we're around the same generation, you and I as observers have seen when they raise taxes, they don't pay down the debt. They just start paying more money out and more services and, and more spending. So, I mean, there really is a balance in ideology between pay down the debt by taking in more taxes, which we only did like in Bill Clinton's era, um, or um, you can just keep on spending more money that you don't have. There really doesn't seem to be a like mindedness at all. There's no meaning of the minds in Washington. Let's okay, we'll raise taxes, but you have to actually pay down the debt, which they never do. Or we'll lower spending at central government, then we can lower the debt with the excess money that we have. That's really the argument, isn't it? Yeah, that's totally the
1: argument. And you can use, uh, I guess, the most recent uh, example would be two thousand eight nine when the U.S. auto companies went out of business. Right, they were long time borrowers, so they had a lot of debt. They paid out too much in benefits uh, to their employees in terms of making the math work. One can argue if the benefits were worth it or not, but it was expensive, right? And so ultimately, investors said, "Mm, we don't trust you anymore. General Motors, as an example. And next thing you know, they're out of business, right? Um, now, the U.S. government does have an advantage that General Motors didn't have, which is called the ability to tax you and me and the, the folks listening to the show today. Um, so they have a revenue source, but you're right. they uh, Clearly, they're not inclined to raise taxes to pay down debt and be good stewards. They're more inclined to raise taxes to spend more.
0: It's true. Do you as a financial guy, Doug Adler from Raymond James and Associates, do you have uh, any thoughts on why we ever allowed the government to run in a negative balance i can't run my checkbook in a negative balance i'll i'll be fined and i'll get all sorts of charges they'll close my account they'll come after me for the money but the federal government for some reason because states can't do this by constitution the states all balance their budgets why is it do you have any thoughts as as a financial brain and as a guy who i i turn to for really good knowledge um do you have any ideas why we allowed that to happen i mean was that something recent do you know um, yes,
1: yeah, so you're talking
0: about the states have
1: a balanced budget amendments, or right, and the, have, and the federal government that. doesn't. Yeah, right. So debt itself is not a bad thing. You know, uh, you have you may have a mortgage on your home, or at one point you did, yeah. right? Um, that was debt, but it allowed you to buy the home that you wanted. But you could service the debt. And that's kind of the thing with the federal government right now. The markets, financial markets, believe that the U.S. government is still money good on the debt. Um, Why we don't balance the budget, I just think it's, and this is just me talking, who knows if this is the right call on it, but you have uh, uh, the Congress, the Senate, right, Um, and the White House. And they're kind of answering to themselves in a way. They say they're answering to you and me. But you know that that's in practice really not the case. Right. And so they're popular and they can spend money, you know, kind of freely wherever they want. And human beings being what they are, I guess they're doing it.
0: And unless we hold their feet to the fire and hold them to account, why would they stop? They're getting away with it. Plus, they've got this, this, this. 8% increase automatically every year in the budget. It's all, it's all very strange to me because normal people that actually have to look at, I've got $100 so I can spend $100. I can't spend $101. Um, it just doesn't compete with us. It's Doug Adler, Senior Vice President uh, of Investments at Raymond James & Associates. So I walk in. I don't want specific stock advice. I don't want specific pension or 401k advice. But in a general sense, How's the climate right now? I would like to make sure that my future is not in peril because of what's happening in Washington or in Austin, Texas or Lansing, Michigan. I want it to be reliant on on my investments and, and smart moves by me. What do you tell somebody who doesn't know anything about anything, who wants to make sure they're safe into the future? Well, I think
1: one, you know, kind of a baseline, Joe, to think about as an investor is... Companies, uh, let's just, you know, pick any company, your favorite blue chip stock, right? Those companies have operated for, in many cases, decades with Republican presidents and Democratic presidents. And rotation every four years. Um, And they've been successful in that kind of climate. So what the point of the statement is, is that companies get out of bed every day, try to be more profitable, increase their margins, gain market share, et cetera. Things that drive their stock price via earnings growth right companies are focused on that no matter what the climate is and i think that's going to be a a, you know a consistent um premise really as an investor you just know going in that that's the objective of corporations and fortunately so far the economy itself is bigger than than the political class in dc
0: I hope it stays that way. I mean, because the political class in D.C. has the decisions that they make that affects that directly. It's Doug Adler. Go to DougAdler.com, D-O-U-G-A-D-L-E-R.com. Doug, I, I appreciate the incredible knowledge always. Is there a safe way to look and a risky way to look? And is a climate like the political climate we have right now and the world financial climate that we have right now, is that more indicative of go safe or go risky? That's a really good question. So we're in a bear
1: market this year, right? The market went down more than 20%. That's the technical definition of a bear market. So it's been a tough year. Um, Psychology in the uh, investment community and on the street has been negative. Um, But I think that's starting to clear a little bit. Uh, The inflation data has been better. If you look back to the spring, many commodities Joe could be industrial metals, copper aluminum or agriculture, corn, wheat, et cetera, uh, lumber these are they're all down substantial 20, 30, 40 percent since the spring highs. so it's just a matter of time before those input even crude oil uh, has worked its way down from 123 and change in June yeah. to mid 80s today. So you've had a big drop on all the input costs. So inflation is starting to uh, soften. Housing is starting to soften, which is 30% of the consumer price index, the inflation report. So that's starting to weaken. All that ultimately ties back to the Federal Reserve, who's been raising interest rates this year pretty aggressively. Right. That probably starts to look a little bit different in terms of their policy actions in 2023. And if they moderate pause, um, that should be good for... Uh, you know more positive backdrop for stocks so it's plausible certainly and maybe even somewhat probable that we've we've seen the worst and now we just got to
0: need to mark some time and work our way through this The housing markets in uh, places like where I live in Texas and in Florida and North Carolina, I understand, is going nuts. Um, Those have been going crazy because a lot of people are fleeing where they feel like the rules and regulations aren't fair politically for them. Um, Do you fear a a bubble burst like we saw in 2008, or or is it not the same atmosphere at all?
1: Yeah, I don't think it's the same atmosphere at all. Can housing come down 10 to 20% depending on the market over the next 12 to 18 months? Yeah. Of course it could. Um, Underwriting standards at the banks, much tighter now than they were going into 08 and 09. Second thing was in 08 and 09, you had government policy with how they made banks account for capital. Uh, That's changed too, more uh, reasonable than it was back then. So, no, I don't see that uh, situation. It's, It's funny, though, that you talk about these given states. I was joking with somebody the other day that uh, Florida's probably going to double the population and be 90% Republican because after (laughs) what happened on Tuesday, right? There's only so many places to
0: hide if you're conservative. Listen, dude, that is a great analysis because people say, well, why didn't Lee Zeldin went in New York because Hochul's a horrible governor. And the answer truly is because most of the Republicans left New York, the only people left there to vote are Democrats. You know, why, why did this person, well, why did Michigan go completely totalitarian blue? Well, that's a good question because everybody fleed Michigan. You're seeing population decreases in places like Michigan, New York, and uh, w- uh, Minnesota, And you're seeing increases. Like you said, Florida probably will double its population. I think as much as that's a joke, it's not. Um, and, and, And most of the people that are going, I usually have a fear in this big red state of Texas that a bunch of blue people are going to come here and vote the way they voted in California and Michigan and New York and New Jersey and make this state like their state. No, no, no. They're coming here because they're smart. They realize that their state's screwed up, but it leaves those states sort of on an island. Because the only people left there to vote are the ones in in the major metropolis areas that are overpopulated, and they're all being told to vote blue. It's, a, it's actually, a very, as funny as it is, it's a very good analysis. It's Doug Adler. Go to DougAdler.com, Senior Vice President of Investments at Raymond James & Associates. You've done this for me before, and I don't have much time left, Doug. But uh, in the next minute or two, can you please explain to the dumb guy on the radio again why it is our government would, would, would print $9 trillion in like the course of a year why are we devaluing? It seems purposely paper money and flooding the market with greenbacks. Why is that? Well, in the
1: in the, the, the heat of the pandemic, if you will, or the depths of the pandemic, yeah. it was to, you know, as you know, right. It was to, st- to stimulate the economy because it was shut down and you needed to have money flowing through it. Um, but as they always do, they tend to do too much. Yeah, I think the Biden administration, after they came in, where we really didn't need it. Politically, I understand why they passed it. I think it was 1.9 trillion or 1.8, wasn't it?
0: Something like um, that. Yeah,
1: yeah a huge number. We didn't need it at that point. We were kind of on, the, you know, coming out of on the back end. Um, but that really broke the inflationary back. And you know, here's kind of the great irony of all this. Um, so if you think about the Federal Reserve and their policy as it relates to interest rates, so they're raising rates now. Yeah. Um, why are they doing that? Because the government got us into an inflationary mess with spending, <clears throat> creating greenbacks, as you say. Um, ultimately, the economy will slow, and then the Federal Reserve is going to change course, and they're going to cut rates. That'll stimulate things again. Probably ultimately gets too hot again, and it's rinse and repeat. It's been going on,
0: you know, for decades. But, but when that happens, Doug, I guess the simple question is this. When that happens, do they start getting rid of some of that currency? It's way too much right now. It's making the money in my pocket value less. Um, I would like to see the value of my $20 bill stay around 20 for a while at least. So when, when we start seeing interest rates coming down and the economy getting better, do you burn off some money? Well, that's the goal. Um,
1: that's their goal. They've had a hard time doing it because the patient, the US economy has become so dependent yeah. on the adrenaline shot, right, of easy money. So it's been a challenge if you look at since 08 and 09, which is one the really the first time the government uh, got in deep, if you will, yeah. to support the economy, right, with stimulus. And they've had a hard time pulling that back. And so you roll forward into 2020. And now you have the COVID pandemic. And so they add on to the back of what was still lingering out there from 08 and 09 in the financial crisis, but it was the greatest really monetary experiment of all time.
0: Yeah, right.
1: And the reason, one of the reasons I believe the stock market has had a rough go this year in the bond market is because now you uh, are trying to unwind that experiment and it worked really good, right? Things boomed because you had so much money chasing a limited number of goods. But the byproduct of that is inflation, and then now they're trying to pull that back, and you know the market
0: hasn't responded too favorably. Doug has always amazing information. My good friend Doug Adler, go to DougAdler.com, DougAdler.com. Find out more about him. He's an amazing mind, and he's, a, again, politically speaking, he's, he's pretty spot on, even though I don't like it half the time. Um, I, I, I love what you do, Doug. I love the information you just brought. You made it very simple for us. Uh, Senior Vice President Raymond James and Associates. Uh, Doug, thanks a million, man. I appreciate you. Joe, it's my pleasure as always. Thank you, sir. All right, brother. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. I have information from the scene from Mar-a-Lago that they put the sign up. We now know what the announcement's going to be. Before I get off the air, I'm going to tell you that the announcement is Trump 2024. He's announcing he's running for president again in 2024. That's exactly what we expected. Now we've got it verified. Pop culture, what? Dirty pop. Hi, right, Paula. What you got? So yesterday, uh, I don't know if you had heard about this, but Jay Leno um, suffered third-degree burns. Uh, while he was working on one of his older cars, he got sprayed with gas, and he and the left side of his face and his hands got burned. And they're saying that he oh, may need to get skin grafts. Oh, damn, that sucks. But he's fine. I hope, uh, yeah, I hope that he recovers. I mean, yeah. He's going to live. He's fine, though. Yes. All right, gotta go. That's Polo. That's Sam. That's Carrie Sam. This is the Joe Peg Show.